Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Bible Quest, the Wednesday edition. After a month-long break, uh, we are excited to be back and talking with everyone about uh, the scriptures and on our quest to know more about the Bible. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Joe with us. Mm. Uh, last month, we just made a decision. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to go a different direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Joe's not even on here to defend himself, but Joe is not going to be able to be on today. Uh, but Lord willing, he'll be back on with us next week. Um, Jeff, I want to talk to you about something that uh, just kind of looking out at the world and just um, being a part of a, of a community. It seems to be a pretty big problem. Um, have you ever noticed when you go to somewhere to buy a play, uh, buy something or, you know, you were just telling me about being in a Wawa uh, just a little while ago. Yeah. Have you noticed something, a running theme through most businesses and most communities? Yeah, they can't find people to work. Yeah. And look, me and Jeff are not on here to solve the world's economic problems. Um, that, is, that is so far away from what we're here to do. But the more you look around, the more you see that there are a lot of places that are hiring. And the more you're around people, the more you start to realize that there's a lot of people that don't work. They don't have jobs and they might have various reasons for that. And I realize there are some legitimate reasons for, yep. for some folks not being able yep. to work and don't want to gloss over that at all. But perhaps it might be wise of us with everyone talking about the job issue in the nation right now to discuss what the scriptures say about laziness. Yeah. Um, and maybe this would be a good time to, to do some self-reflection and ask, well, maybe I'm lazy. Maybe there are some principles I need to look at to make that better. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's true. Every place I go, help wanted, now hiring. And I keep running into guys who say, I, I can't find people to work. Did I tell you the story of my wife at the mall uh, a couple of weeks ago? No, no, I hadn't heard it. Go ahead. She and another lady went to the food court at the mall. And, you know, normally there's, oh, probably close to a dozen eating establishments in there. And they were all out of business except one. And at this one little sub, sub shop in the food court that was open, there was the owner was the only one working. He was handling the cash register. He was making the sandwiches, um, taking the orders. And um, he was in a foul mood. He was just fussing. He's fussing about the fact he could not find anybody to work. He's paying $11 an hour. Well, that's, that's a high school student is going to go out and get a job, but he couldn't get anybody to work. And, and he was just fussing saying, and I know the reason, I know the reason um the government's paying them not to work you know but it, it's just emblematic of 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 the state of things right now uh it's easier to sit home yeah no i i think that's exactly right uh you know i was at a dunkin donuts not that long ago and there was no donuts uh it was just dunkin <laughs> is all that it was is and they told us you know they were hurting for employees there were only two people that worked in the entire dunkin donuts there, this whole store only yeah. two people yeah, I don't mean two people a shift. I mean two people that oh, wow. work there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, correct. And they only they had limited hours because of that, and they didn't serve donuts because they just didn't have the manpower to do the food side of things, so that they were only serving drinks. Yeah. Um, so the Wawa uh, here has been offering. I think I see the sign: thirteen dollars an hour to start, plus a five hundred dollar bonus when you sign on. It used to be an $800 bonus because there was an extra $300 if you'd been vaccinated. Um, you know, um, there are a lot, of, a lot of guys, a lot of young guys, high school, college, 
um, fresh out of college who that'd be great. They did $13 an hour while they look for something more permanent or they finish their education or whatever um, and get that $500 bonus, but they can't get people to do it. Yeah. And so it, it's really a look into, I think, a greater spiritual problem with a lot of people. And um, I, I think one of the best places maybe you can go if you're someone that struggles with laziness or maybe you're wanting to encourage someone that struggles with laziness is the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say uh, to young men, especially about the problem of laziness, but it's, it's a pandemic that hits all of us at different times. I know I certainly struggle with it, um, whether it be because of burnout or just because I don't feel like doing anything. So it's important that we heed the the advice that's given in Proverbs. So what does it say? Uh, Jeff, yeah, let's start in chapter six, Proverbs right. chapter six for everyone that's listening. And uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and jump right in. And Jeff, um, if you don't mind, read verses six through 11. All right. Proverbs chapter six, verses six through 11. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief officer or ruler prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. Man. Okay. So um, he tells us to go to the ant if you're someone that's a sluggard. Uh, yeah, another word for that is for someone that's lazy. Exactly. And I do, this is a super side point, not exactly relevant to the topic of laziness, laziness, but I want to point out, did you see what gender pronoun was used for the ant? In yeah, verse her, six? I did. I noticed that, her. Yeah. It's a yeah. So what's really cool, all worker ants are female. Is that right? That is correct. So uh, I looked this up. So I've got uh, a citation for this. A guy said that the queen or queens have only one job to lay eggs. All other female ants are workers. They feed the larvae, take out the colony's trash, forage for food and supplies, or defend the nest. Male ants' only job is to mate with the queen. I don't, I don't think so, you're saying this is exactly what we're supposed to learn from the ant. Oh, correct. No, it's not. But I do think it's a super cool point because some people, or it took centuries for scientists to learn that the worker ants were actually female, whereas in God's word, I, I believe it always made the case that it was. And it's not all that shocking because Solomon, uh, who wrote this, knew a lot about different types of animals. We learned that in First Kings 4. I don't but nonetheless, I, I, okay. all right, okay. Yeah, anyway, so I just thought that was fascinating. I like to share that every time I come to this. Yeah. But, okay. Jeff, what kind of things is the sluggard supposed to observe about the ant? You're supposed to notice these ants are kind of self-motivated. They don't have a chief officer or ruler, but they're doing what needs to be done. Yeah, they're self-starters is a way I would put that. They see a job that needs to be done and they go out and do it. And, and, and they're, you, they're preparing, they're, they're looking ahead, you know, um, not that ants consciously think, uh, oh, December is going to be here soon. But the, the object lesson is, this is somebody who does what needs to be done so that in the future, I'll have what I need. Yeah, that's right. They're working to prepare and, and make provision for um, whatever it is that, that they need later on down the road. But this is such an important quality um, that a good worker should have. You, Jeff, have you ever talked with somebody, um, maybe there at the Exton congregation or just other folks in the community that run a business? What makes them excited about it an employee is I don't have to tell them what to do. 
Yeah. They already know what needs to be done. I don't have to stay on their back about working. I could just trust that when they come in and they clock in, they're going to do their job. They're going to work because they're at work. That is a lost art. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have coworkers like that, where, where it feels like almost someone has to stay on top of them in order for them to do the job that they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or in fact, the other extreme is you tell them what to do and, and you can't get them to do it. You tell them two or three times and they, they keep getting distracted and not getting it done, not, not showing up. Don't call in, let anybody know they're not coming in or they show up late. Um, it's the opposite of, of the, the employee who comes in, just figures out what he needs to do and does it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and so going with that, as Jeff pointed out, she's making provision for herself. She's looking ahead. And a lot of people who struggle with laziness, they're not thinking about well, what happens if I don't make a paycheck or, or what happens if I don't have what I need to prepare uh, to provide for my family? Not so with her. She, she is thinking about um, what, what's going to come down the road if she doesn't get it together now. So then uh, in verse nine and 10, it kind of identifies for us what the sluggard's main problem is. So in verse nine, how long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? What makes them a sluggard is that they're getting too much rest. They don't want to wake up. They're, they're asleep. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you get too much sleep, it makes you even tireder? Yes, that's, exa that's exactly where I was going to go with this. Um, I remember being 14 years old. So I was like, at that age, I grew up in a city too. Well, eventually I was in Lexington, Kentucky. And I kind of lived in an area where, A, I couldn't drive. Um, I was only 14 years old. But all the jobs that I could have gotten, you had to be like 15 or 16. There were no jobs around where you're 14. And I remember that summer, I was like a young kid, but I was like, I was, you know, taller, stronger. I knew I needed to get a job, but I couldn't find one. And I remember just sleeping in to like 11 o'clock, um, you know, just being lazy and getting tired of being tired. Like that, <laughs> that, and that was such a good thing for me to kind of go through and I tried to be more purposeful for that summer and that next summer I got a job and it really hadn't been an issue um as far well, as you know when sense. you get into a job when you get into a job and you're you're not just going you're not just doing it because you have to but you're putting yourself into it you can get excited about it you can start imagining you know the completion of this job what this project's going to look like how you know, and, and, and then you don't finish it in one day. It's a multi-day job, say, for example. You get up and you're just excited. You have something to look forward to, something to get your teeth into. Whereas if you don't have anything to do, you don't have any responsibility, you just get listless. Yes. No, I think you're exactly right. And, uh, man, may we all strive to, to find purpose and to have work that we can do to feel purposeful. Um, and here's the other thing, Jeff, what makes rest more enjoyable? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you know you've had a good day's work, you've accomplished something, you deserve the rest. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I think what the what the proverb guy or Solomon is getting at here is, is this guy, he doesn't have that. He's just sleeping to sleep at that point. He hasn't earned it. Yeah. And so it's not an enjoyable rest. It's just a lazy rest. Yeah. And I think we know the difference between those two things. Yeah. And we got to be careful about that. Did you notice the little chant that that guy has in verse 10? We'll see it a few more times in Proverbs. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. 
if you were to put that in your own words, what might it be? I'm just going to take a little nap here. <laughs> I think about my dad saying, I'm just resting my eyes. Yeah, I'm resting my eyes. You know, sometimes you need to rest your eyes. And sometimes, you know, when I'm driving, I get tired and I, ha I, I have to pull over. I, I may be just driving a half hour home and I get tired and I pull over and I close my eyes for about a minute and a half or two minutes. And sometimes I'll go to sleep, soundly to sleep for five or 10 seconds and boom, and now I'm ready to go again. So, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing to needing to rest your eyes, right? but there is the mentality that prioritizes, oh, I just want to rest over getting something done and doesn't push through. And, and you know what, if I, if I'm, if I want to not be a lazy person, I need to sometimes work when I'm tired. Yes, I agree. And I want to be careful the way I say this, you know, our, our, um, our government, our, you know, states, they, they have certain mandates in place so that like, if you work for an hour, you have to take a 10 minute break or yeah. the, the employer is required to give you a break after so much work has been accomplished or done. And, and I get that. I yeah, understand why that's in place. Safety thing, truck drivers, you know, sure. and, and we could talk about the nanny state trying to control everything. But, but the fact is, if you if you own a trucking company, you got drivers on the road. You want them to get their rest so that they're safe. Yes, but I will say at the same time, if we're not careful, I think that that can be a bad habit we get in even outside of work, where we're just constantly wanting to break or we're just constantly wanting to be lazy. Um, we got to be careful about that. There, there's still work that needs to be done in our life, and we can't sure. just say, "Well, I'm sure. off work, so there's nothing I need to do." Show up at eight o'clock in the morning, and say, "What time's break?" <laughs> what time's yeah, break? Exactly. And then, and then yes. Exactly. And it was Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, that, that's just simply what I'm trying to get at. Um, and then uh, verse eleven um, is is really powerful. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond. Jeff, what's a vagabond? That seems like a word you would know. Yeah, so maybe you've heard of the vagaries of life. So that that V-A-G root has to do with wandering. The vagaries are the just the wanderings the, that come about. So a vagabond is a wandering person who goes from place to place and has no job. And so wherever he goes, of course, he's going to be dependent upon ha handouts. And so your poverty is going to come in like a vagabond like the vagabond who comes in and just kind of takes over. He, he needs some food. He needs a room. He needs this and that because it's going to be poverty coming in and it's going to take over. Yeah. So I think it's important to see that, that becoming homeless or like getting to the point where you're in just complete uh, poverty, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that, that builds and it eventually happens. And uh, the lazy person doesn't see how they're, day-to-day -day actions might lead to that eventual inevitable poverty. So let's do this real quickly. Are there examples yeah. in the Bible of people who became impoverished and there's no condemnation of them? Hmm. Well, certainly some of the early Christians in the book of Acts would come to mind. Sure. Um, uh, whenever Agabus comes and prophesies about the um, famine that's going to come at there at the end of chapter uh, Acts chapter eleven. Right. Uh, needy saints get some money sent to them to take care of them. Yep. Uh, later on, of course, you have Paul collecting funds from the Gentiles in the regions where he was to take to the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Even even in Acts two, when you have all these Jews come into uh, Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost and they hear the gospel preached and they end up staying there. 
so they end up, in essence, being homeless. And those who had the, the means to do so were providing for them. So there are situations where either because of priorities or because of something like a natural disaster, a famine, or because of health or whatever reason, a man might become impoverished. I, I do believe that uh, if we put our trust in God, we're all, we'll always have what we need. <clears throat> and Jesus makes that promise. We, we may not be rich. We may, may not be wealthy. And it may be one of the ways that God provides for our need is through other Christians. Uh, but having said that, this is talking about somebody who becomes impoverished, not because of a famine, not because of health issues, but because he's just lazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, that, that's the exact type of poverty that we're talking about here. And uh, Paul will speak about in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the, the equality that can go on, because right then it's the brethren in Jerusalem who are needy, and but eventually it might be the Corinthians who are in need, and it can kind of go either way. The, the, the poverty we're talking about here is as a result of laziness. That's right. So, so I was talking about, you know, so is poverty a bad thing? Well, what's bad thing is laziness. And I was trying to put this in perspective for somebody just recently and talking about, there have been situations where the congregation here has been able to help Christians in other places, just like Paul uh, taking the funds to the needy among the Christians in Jerusalem. Uh, there in 1 Corinthians 16, he writes about taking up a collection so that no collections need to be made when he comes. And in 2 Corinthians, he reminds them and urges them to, to complete the, the doing of this in 2 Corinthians 8 and, and 9. Um, so I was making the point to an individual just, just recently, we were able to do that because we have a bunch of people in the congregation who work diligently, not only to provide for themselves, but to be in a position to help others. Right. And, and if everyone were of a lazy nature, um, would we be able to do that? And so, you know, Ephesians chapter four makes the point, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor with his hands, working that which is good, that he may have whereof to give to him that he yes. So it's not yes. just about me working so I have stuff. Right. It's, it's me working so that I don't have to be an object of charity for someone else, but take it a step further. I'm actually in a position to help somebody who is impoverished because of famine or health issue or whatever. Right. Uh, going with that, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. There you go. If you've worked for an abundance, the expectation is it's for good deeds. That's why you have the abundance. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's really a good point. That's a great tie into with Ephesians 4. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so let's look at another section of Proverbs that I really, really like. Um, so if you're listening out there, and I'm going to do it, Jeff is going to do it, we're going to take the lazy test. Am I lazy? Oh my. Look over I, at Proverbs I, I'm 26. Fail. I'm lazy. Okay. <laughs> but I got, but I'll tell you this up front, though. P part of our responsibility as Christians, as children of God, is, not, is to go against our own nature to go against our, our inclinations when our inclinations are not according to God's will. It's very easy for me to be lazy. A lot of times I have to make myself do what I, I, I just soon sit, but I'm, I need to get to doing something. So I'm, yes. afraid, I'm afraid I'll be able to fail the test. All right, well, well Jeff's fine. already failed himself. So let's see how the others, how everyone else does. All right, let's go. Where are we going? <laughs> We're going to look at Proverbs 26. 
we're going to look at things that the lazy man loves. All right. Um, I'll read this for us since you read the last one. Proverbs 26, verse 13. Yeah. The oh. sluggard says, there is a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. Yeah. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is weary of bringing it to his mouth again. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet oh, answer. Wow. This just rings so true of, of some situations I, I've known of. Yeah. Yes. Always. So go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go, no, 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 no. You no, go ahead. The, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet yeah. answer. Well, well, go ahead. We'll work through these. We're going to okay. hit them one okay. by one okay. here. All right. Okay. So let's just start in verse 13. Yeah. So the very first thing that the lazy man loves yeah. is excuses. Yeah. yeah. So kind of, kind of walk through what's this guy's excuse for not getting to work? Yeah, I, I heard there's a lion out there. I don't think today's <laughs> a good day to go out there and work. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Yeah. Might there be a lion out there? Might be. <laughs> yeah i mean there might be he might be do you think at some point there was a line in the square before probably yeah probably so yeah exactly um and so maybe it's a legitimate concern but he's turned it into an excuse for not yeah. going to work uh what's funny is solomon actually uses this again uh earlier in chapter 22 in verse 13 yeah uh the sluggard says there's a lion outside I will be killed in the streets is how he puts it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this guy, he is so, he's just making up excuses for why he can't go to work or why he can't get out. And so is that not what we do when we're being lazy? We come up with excuses as to why we can't come and help like we said right. we would or, right. or why we can't get to work or whatever right. have you. Right. And you know, uh, we got to be on guard against that. Go ahead. The fact is to somebody who accomplishes anything through life has to overcome obstacles. Yes. If you, have, you, you know, the world starts out, it's, it's a wilderness and man goes out and he civilizes it. He, 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 he's a pioneer. He goes into wilderness areas. He clears land. He drives the wild beasts away. Um, that, that's, that's what you have to do. If, if, you're, if you're afraid of the weather, the wild beasts, the whatever, you're not going to accomplish anything. But I, 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 I know this. I know this person um, as an excuse, you know, well, the world's a bad place. I don't know. You know, maybe I shouldn't get a job, you know, or, well, I don't, maybe we're worried about a disease or maybe we're worried about yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. To a point I understand, but Hey, we also have an obligation to work. Um, yeah, we have right. an obligation to, to get out there. That's right. That's right. So what, what does the lazy guy love there in verse 14? He just rolls over. <laughs> yeah, he loves sleeping. He um, just rolls over like a door on his hinges. Roll over and get so, in a more comfortable position. So let me ask you this. So uh, yeah, so on the surface, I absolutely agree that the metaphor is talking about just a door on its hinges. You know, he's kind of going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. But what noise does a door make as it's on it? Yeah, it kind of makes a moaning noise. And so I've I've also wondered if that's part of the idea as well. Uh, uh, I don't know. You know, and he's just he's just kind of moaning back back and forth. And look, I love sleep just as much as the next guy. But as we already talked about, I love sleep more 
when it's deserved, when the rest yeah. has been worked for, right. that's when I enjoy sleep right. the most. Right. Right. I can think of some times I slept that I did not enjoy. <laughs> and it's just because I, I had slept too much. I right. hit that threshold that Jeff talked about earlier. Sluggard buries his hand in the dish and we're bringing it to his mouth again. That's a sad picture. Yeah. So I, the way I put this, so the lazy man, he loves eating, kind of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he loves eating enough that he's going he's gonna to sink his hand there um, uh, in the bowl, but he's too lazy to even bring it back up to his mouth to eat. And it is. It's a pitiful picture. And then, of, you, and then um, you try to talk to the sluggard about the situation and tell him, here's what you need to do. Don't worry about that lion in the street. The lion's more afraid of you than you are of it. Go out there. In fact, there's not even a lion in the street. He's been driven away or whatever. And, 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 and the lazy man, the sluggard, he, he's got an answer for everything. Yes. He's wiser yes. in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. Verse 16. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, oh man, I forgot which translation I've, I've saw it in. I'll have to look it up real quick, but there's a translation that says he is arrogantly opinionated. Yeah. Uh, which I, I love that. I think that's yeah. exactly right. And look, I, I hate, I hate to call out groups of people or types of people, but if it's true, we're going to talk about it. Isn't this sometimes what you see out of people who all they do is spend time on the internet? maybe they're lazy, they don't have a job, but they're active on social media and they're quick to get back at somebody. They're arrogantly opinionated because yep. they don't have anything else going on in their they're life. The they don't have any rooms. work. Yeah. In the chat yeah. rooms, they can give their opinion. They, you know, they can pronounce this and that and the other thing, but they're not accomplishing anything. Yes, exactly. Um, and so um, I... I just think we got to be on guard against these these four things. So, so is the this the, is that's the test? You know what? I think I would pass this test. I I I I, I will grant you that sometimes I have to kick myself to, to get myself to do something because I'm just tired. And I am not I am not the person. You remember Joe Works, who is regularly on this webcast, was giving the illustration of of uh, the person when we got a job to do and the person who's, well, I've got to go get ready to do the job. I've got to go find my yes. gloves. I've got to do this. I'm looking up a rock. I don't see any rocks that need to be picked up, you know, that kind of thing. And I will grant you that, you know what? Sometimes I can tend to be the person who, oh, where's my gloves? Oh, where's this? Oh, I, I got the wrong hammer. Okay. Um, but you know what? feel good about this test right here <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this this is an ultra form of laziness um yeah that's right and so if we're is, someone that just yeah go ahead sorry but the fact is again though a lot of us maybe listening to this webcast maybe a lot of you can like i can i can say sometimes i just don't feel like doing what needs to be done but i have to make myself do it and you know what don't fault yourself for that if you make yourself do it. That the, the key to being a Christian sometimes is choosing to do what you know you're supposed to do rather than what you feel like doing or, or don't feel like doing. Yes, exactly. Amen. All right. So uh, let, let's explore some consequences of laziness that we see in the Proverbs, um, one of which we've already talked about, but I want to read the passage. Look over at chapter 10. And Jeff, if you would read verse 4 and 5. Proverbs 10, 4 and 5. 
Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Okay, so poverty or poorness is what's going to come upon the person that's lazy. We've already talked about that. Yeah. And I think it's really cool to kind of see the contrast that's going on in these verses. So the lazy is contrasted with those who are poor and shameful. It brings shame on people whenever you're a lazy person. Um, I think about when I was 16 and I started working with my uncles who poured uh, basement footers and foundations, some of the hardest work I've ever done. Mm-hmm. and they really, you know, they, they went out on a limb for me to let me work for them because I'm their nephew, and if I hadn't have been a hard worker, it would have come back on them. It would have been shameful to them that their nephew was a lazy guy if I hadn't have worked diligently. Shortly thereafter that, I went to work for my dad at the lumber company, and it was the same thing. If I had been the, the boss's kid that was just trying to skate by, not get any work done, and, and so forth and so on, then I would have been a shameful son to my father. Um, but did you notice the contrast there uh, with, with the diligent? They're the ones that are rich and wise. What's, yeah. really, what's really cool to me, Jeff, consistently through the Proverbs, we'll see this a few more times today, the lazy is not contrasted so much with a hard worker or like whatever opposite word of lazy though contrast is with the diligent which i think is super cool um i hadn't thought that that would that would if someone said what's the opposite of lazy i don't think i would have said someone that's diligent um but that's the way that the proverbs talk about diligence and this uh and this adverb wisely acts wisely is the opposite of being lazy and so what we're seeing here you know sometimes we think of what does it mean to serve God? And we think of praying and we think of going to church and, and we think of being sexually pure and all those things. But also serving God means being a productive person. And this is wisdom. This is diligence. So if I, if I am truly following God's word, if I'm truly incorporating God's word into my life and so that I'm governed by it, I'm becoming, I'm going to become a diligent person, a productive person. Um, So I I guess what I'm trying to say is being a godly person, being a child of God, it affects my whole life. Yeah. Amen. No, I completely agree. And it it affects your workplace um, and it should affect your work ethic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Look over at chapter 12 and in verse 27. I'll read that one. A lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. So there's that word diligence again. And in fact, if you want to back up and look at 1224, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. And then chapter 13, verse four, the the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, um, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. So there's that word diligent that keeps coming up in contract. So, but, but looking at chapter 12, verse 27, yeah. why doesn't he roast his prey? It's too lazy. That's trouble, you know? <laughs> so I think there's two ways to look at it. Um, one, he might be so lazy that he didn't even go hunting. Uh, maybe, maybe he just didn't even get out and, and, and do what he needed to do, do to hunt. Or maybe, and I think this is more so the idea, he went hunting he got up and he did enough work to go out and kill something, but he didn't feel like roasting his prey. 
Yeah. So it, let, you know, go ahead and finish. Go ahead. Well, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What do we call it? So let's say Libby, whenever your kids were at home, yeah. she slaves over this meal. She puts it out on the table. One of your kids puts all this onto their plate. And before you can stop them, they go over there and they just shovel it right into the trash. What would you say to them? What are they being? I say, I don't know what they're being. I say, you get that back out of the trash. <laughs> and you eat but, that. We didn't allow we that kind of thing. But we would say, you're being wasteful. wasteful. Yeah, wasteful. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, if I can, I think wastefulness can be a form of laziness. It can be. It can be. You go to the store. You're, you see all this stuff that looks good, so you're enticed to buy it and bring it home, and you never prepare it, and it spoils. Uh, you never get around to roasting it, and so it spoils. Uh, you know, I've, I've read this passage so many times, I thought, well, what does this mean? He eats it raw? And maybe that's not so much the idea as, as the idea is he just never gets around to fixing it so that he doesn't have the benefit of it. And uh, I think just a simple practical thing, um, is to eat our leftovers uh, be thankful for, for the food that the lord gives us and look yep. it might not taste as fresh and nice whenever you heat it up in the microwave or maybe back in the oven but if we're not careful wasting food can become a form of laziness um, and we need to be careful about that you know when you have a microwave there's not a whole lot of excuse not no it. it's not and it's embarrassing when you see that because here's the thing i've done this and i'm so guilty of this and so it's embarrassing when you see it in yourself because it's really not that much more work. Um, uh, okay, let's, um, we've got about 12 minutes left. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about this for a second. Look over at chapter 16. Uh -huh. There's so many Proverbs on this, but we're still talking about consequences of laziness, poverty being one of them. Um, chapter 16, verse 26 says that a worker's appetite works for him for his hunger urges him on. And so I think there's a principle, Jeff, that's, that he's trying to instill in us. When we don't have something, what should our mindset be? Work. What do, I, what, what do I need to go earn it? When oh, oh wait, not, wait, wait, I'm sorry, ask me again. Sorry, what should our mindset be when we don't have something? Uh, wonder when the government's gonna give it to me. Yeah, see, and I think that's a lot of what happens. Or just fill in the blank, you know, not just government, but mom and dad or grandma and grandpa right. or, or right. You know, whoever, or the church. Maybe you're burdening the church in some way. You know, maybe you're just waiting on that handout. But the mindset that the proverb writer is trying to instill in us is, no, if I don't have something, I'm going to go out and earn it. If my hunger, if a man's hungry enough, that should drive him to want to go out and work. So this, um, this is not to say again, you know, this is not to say there are not times when the church or society or whoever needs to help somebody. And, and so that's great. But if my mindset is such that I'm always making myself and I'm just expecting to be the one who is going to be the recipient, and I'm never the one who is diligent enough that I can be the one who is giving well, there's something wrong with me. You know, Jesus said, according to Paul in Acts, the 20th chapter, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, sure, there are times when you or I or somebody else may be in need. If somebody's in need, let's help them. But let's try to be, and let's encourage that person, try to be the kind of person who can help others, which means you can't be lazy. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, 
trying to see. Uh, I might have had this passage written down wrong. Uh, the passage where the Thessalonians are encouraged to work with their own hands. Second Thessalonians chapter three. That would be my problem. I wrote down First Thessalonians. Yeah, and this is interesting because this is a this is you know the the Bible talks about in three passages at least a situation where a church needs to uh, take note of somebody as being unfaithful, as being in, on Satan's side. And this is one of those passages, and interestingly, the problem here is not fornication, it's not murder, it's not theft, it's just basically being lazy. And not only lazy, but disorderly. We talked a little bit earlier about the guy who's very opinionated. He's lazy, he's not doing anything, but he's got lots of opinions about what everybody else should do. That's kind of the picture here. Let's read through this, and, yeah. and let's start in verse 6 and go down through verse uh 11 if that's all right oh in fact let's go all the way through yeah. 12 i was gonna say through 12 for sure in fact, in fact let's go through 15 <laughs> okay. okay i'm sorry oh uh would would you like me to read that go ahead yeah sure or at least let's uh, let's, let's get let's get uh verses six through nine first sure now we command you brethren in the name of our lord jesus christ that you keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life and not according to the tradition which you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have the right to do this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. So he starts out talking about the guy who's unruly and, and you're going to have to withdraw yourselves from the guy who's unruly. So you might think unruly, what's the problem? Why is he unruly? And then Paul gives the counterexample and gives himself as an example. And what he says is the counterexample is we work hard. So we weren't dependent upon others and we were setting you an example. So you see in this passage, the unruly behavior is the opposite of, of working hard. And sometimes that's the situation. A guy who's got too much time on his hands because he's not busy out there earning a living, doing work, helping others, he gets disorderly. He gets unruly. He gets his nose in other people's business in a way he shouldn't. So let's pick it up in verse 10 and read through verse 11. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Okay, so they're not carrying their load. They're not pulling their weight. They're not, they don't have work to do. So what are they doing? Well, they're being busybodies going around creating problems, sticking their nose in other people's business. Man, almost sounds exactly like what we read earlier does, from, uh, from Proverbs 26. Yeah. So what does he say? Verse 12 through uh, 13. Now such persons we command and exhort in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. Yeah. All right. So the lazy person, I'm tired. Don't grow weary of well-doing. Part of well-doing is pulling your, your share of the load. Part of well-doing is getting out there and working. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Um, 
you know, yeah. the nose to the grindstone. That's an old cliche of, you know, just get your head down, get your nose to the grindstone, get to work. I'm not sure exactly what that means, come to think of it. Nose to the grindstone. That seems like that would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how Voldemort, maybe that's why I'm into Voldemort from Harry Potter. <laughs> but the point being here, Paul is dealing with a problem here in the church at Thessalonica. There's people, there are people there who are being lazy. And since they weren't doing anything productive, they were getting themselves into trouble. And, and you know, we there's an expression that's not in the Bible. People quote it all the time. They say, idleness is the devil's workshop, right? It's kind of what Paul's talking about here. When you're not busy doing what you ought to do, you're going to end up, you're going to end up doing what you ought not to do. Yes, that's exactly right. So, Jeff, uh, so I got one more proverb I want to look at, and then I've got an applica uh, application question for us to answer. To but let's, off. Let, let's squeak in these last two verses, verse 14 and 15, and then we'll take a look at the proverb. Verse 14 okay, and 15. If yeah, any man not our word by this epistle, note that man that you have no company with him to the end that he may be ashamed. Notice this is so serious here that Paul says, if somebody's got this problem and they won't straighten up, then the church needs to take note of him and not associate with him. Wow. And yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So admonish him, correct him. Okay, what's your yeah. proverb? Proverbs 10, 26. Okay. Uh, you want to read that one for us? I do. Verse 26 of Proverbs 10. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy one to those who send him. <laughs> I guess one of my final encouragements is don't be that guy. Yeah, uh, Jeff, have you, ever, have you ever worked with somebody before who they're not doing their share of the work or they just simply are, are, are being obnoxious and slowing down the work? Yep. I, I cannot think of a better description. I'm serious. I cannot think of a better description of how someone feels about that person. They are like vinegar to the teeth, which I've never had vinegar on my teeth, so I don't know exactly how You've that would feel. You've never had vinegar on your teeth? Not that I can think of. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I have. I don't know. But I have had smoke in my eyes. Yeah. And that, it's it's annoying. Oh, yeah. It's really, there's nothing you can really do about it as long as you're around the fire, you know? Like, And when you're at work with someone like this, you can't just walk away from them. You're working with them. Don't be this person. Yeah. Um, and if you've spotted some of these tendencies in your life, then, then you need to change. You need to, you need to do better. So that leads to my question, Jeff, what are some practical things people can do to avoid the problem of laziness? Go to bed on time. You know, I think that's a great one. One of the things I think that's a great one. You just, you just stay up doing non-productive things beyond any reasonable hour uh you just sit around playing video games till two o'clock in the morning or whatever and then what do you do well, you sleep till 11 o'clock the next day if you had a job that you needed to get up for then you'd go to bed or if you didn't you'd end up getting to the job and you'd be like smoke to the eyes for your boss because you would be too sleepy to do your job so for starters have, recognize some responsibility go to bed get up get up in the morning yeah. And uh, go, going along with that, I think is just a diligent, there's that word again, diligent schedule keeping. This is something I'm trying to get better about. Um, I have a digital calendar here on my laptop that I refer to, to kind of keep everything in order on the way I'm going to do things. 
but when I, when I had an office, a different office job, um, I had like one of those desk calendars and man, I love those. Uh, I, I don't know why I got away from a paper calendar, but for me, I just ordered one and I'm going to kind of go back to that system of writing down the to-do list, having a list of things that need to get done for the day and trying to be as diligent as I can on getting those things done. And maybe that is just something that you're, you're lacking in your life is a, a direction um, that needs to be written out. Something maybe like a to-do list with realistic goals and tasks. That's the yeah. other thing. I, I try to be realistic with what I can get done in that day so that I'm not right. disappointed at the end of the day. And then work on my motivation. Realize that my purpose, what, what am I here for? You know, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God afforded prepared that we should walk in. God didn't create us, create us just to sit around until we get to go to heaven. God created us to be doing good things, uh, doing good things spiritually, doing good things physically for people who need them. So realize I have a purpose. I need to be useful as a creature of God. Yes. Amen. So let's get busy and find work to do. Um, Jeff, that's our time. You got anything else you want to add? Nope. Thank you for listening to this podcast, webcast, whatever it is. Yeah. We'll see everyone next week.